Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study that we podcast every day for our podcast listeners. We are thankful to have this opportunity to be with all of you and to be able to broadcast God's Word on a daily basis to help get us into His Word. And that's crucial to our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So the more that we're in God's word, the stronger our faith should be and even become. But it also keeps us in touch with our relationship with God and helps keep us focused on our soul's salvation and on eternity. Now, you know people in your life. We always encourage you to those people in your life to share these studies with them all the time, every day, as much as you can. You know people who need to get into God's word, who need to grow in their faith, who need to start thinking about their relationship with God and their soul salvation. Share these short studies with them every day, with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Now, you can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing. You may help somebody turn their life around and maybe even help them get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So start sharing today. We're going to get back into this fourth section of our study. We began the first three sections asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people? So we looked at a whole list of reasons that we can understand that can contribute to bad things happening to good people. Now, the bottom line, one word answer, fundamental understanding is sin. Sin prevails throughout this world, and sin has bad consequences, even upon, in some cases, innocent people. But we all need to look within ourselves and understand what true goodness is. It's not just goodness in the eyes of the, wor- of the world from a worldly perspective, but it we need to understand, we need to seek to be good people based upon God's instruction, his perspective and analysis. And we need to recognize also that sometimes things happen that we cannot control. They're just part of life in this world and turn out in some cases to being bad things that happen to truly good people. Well, in these last two sections we're looking at, and this is the fourth section, we're reversing the question, why do good things happen to bad people? How many times do we see people who are trying to live a truly godly life? They're truly trying to live their lives based upon the teachings of God's word. They're dedicated Christians. They, they are striving to be good servants of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ but they struggle all the time. They struggle financially. They may struggle physically as in in some cases with health problems or maybe handicaps of some kind. They may struggle with, with relationships within their family that breaks their heart, but they cannot control, but they still try to be dedicated and committed and faithful to God. And then they look around them and they see other people who are making absolutely no effort whatsoever to live a truly good Christian life. But they have no problems from the outward perspective, it seems. They seem to be enjoying good health. 
they seem to be having a good time, even prospering financially, but they're ungodly in the way that they're living. Well, why do good things happen to bad people? We looked at Jeremiah chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, as just kind of an introductory scripture text to this particular, uh, to this particular line of, of question. We're looking at the inverse question to that original one. Why do, good, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, okay, why do good things happen to bad people? In Psalm 73, very interesting psalm. And I think it's something that we can probably relate to, and it certainly ties into this question. Why do good things happen to bad people? So the psalmist begins from the perspective of being a person who is trying to be faithful to God, who loves God, who wants to live that righteous life according to God's word. Truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. And so here the psalmist, right away, he makes the statement, and I think we need to understand this is his ultimate conclusion after he has learned his lesson because he had some doubts for a while. Truly, God is good to Israel. Or how about if we can broaden that and say, God is good to the righteous, to such as are pure in heart. Now here's his problem. He says, but as for me, and so he's reflecting back now. This is his ultimate conclusion, that opening statement. God is good to Israel, or God is good to the righteous, to such who, as are pure in heart. But now, here's his, his reflection, his kind of uh, uh, looking back for ways in a distance in his life. We might call it a flashback. He says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. Now, bottom line, he's saying, I almost lost my faith. That's basically what he's saying, I believe we're to understand. I almost lost my faith. I almost turned away. Why? For I was envious of the boastful. When I saw the prosperity, the prosperity of the wicked. Huh. We see that, though, don't we? We see people in life, and a lot of times we see public figures who are unrighteous, ungodly, disrespectful to God in some cases, and his word. We can see people who are around us, maybe work associates, maybe even family members, at least extended family members, who are living lives of sinfulness. They lie, they cheat, maybe they steal, and yet, they seem to do well in life, even prosper. And so this psalmist says, my feet, my steps nearly slipped. My feet had almost stumbled. Almost, he said. Did not quite get to that point of all, following all the way through. I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then he goes on and he says, for there are no pangs or no pains in their death. In other words, they're not dying in torment, physical torment, pain and agony and so on. When they die, they just seem to just die. It's, it's no big suffering matter. But their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. As what other men? Righteous 
and probably the psalmist is reflecting in his own life. He's probably lived something of a troubled life in trying to stay faithful to God. But these wicked out there who are prospering in their wickedness, no, they're not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace because things seem to be going so well for them, and they just doing their own thing, their own way, doing what they want to do. No thought about living a godly life. Ah, they're proud, proud. Pride you know, is like a necklace around their necks. Violence covers them like a garment. Oh, yes, they're wicked people. They're evil. Their eyes bulge with abundance. Well, they're prospering again financially. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. In other words, they don't have much conscience. They're arrogant. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walks through the earth. Well, they're living truly evil lives, wicked lives ungodly lives, sinful lives. Now, we're going to drop down to verse 18. Uh, Let's go back to verse 15. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have given, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. I'm trying to understand, why is it this way? And the psalmist, again, is probably reflecting on his own life. I've I've been trying to live a godly life. I've been trying to please God by living by his teachings, and I've struggled continually. But I look around me, here are people who are making no effort whatsoever to please God, to live godly lives. They don't live by his teachings. In fact, in many cases, they don't even open up the scriptures at all, don't study them. And yet, they're proud they're arrogant, they're evil in their relationships with other people, but they're prospering. They don't seem to have any problems. Why? When I thought to understand this, how to understand this, it was too painful for me. And then here's the change. Here's the turnaround for him. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their end. Oh, there was a turnaround. There was a point where he came to enlightenment. He had been looking at, a, at what was going on around him and probably some within his own life and in the lives of others who were trying to live faithful lives before God. And, and he, he was discouraged. Again, remember what he said. My feet had almost slipped. My steps had nearly, or my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had, almost, had nearly slipped. I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I didn't understand how it was painful for me to try to understand the the apparent discrepancy between people who are trying to live faithful to God and struggling continually and people who are not making any attempt to live faithful to God and seem to be prospering continually. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Oh, again, enlightenment. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. 
Oh, how they are brought to desolation, as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so, Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. He says, I see what appears to be the case now is not what it will ultimately become. They're going to have to pay their price. You know what's going on, and you're going to hold them accountable. And we can think about what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. All of us. I'm trying to live a righteous life, and I'm struggling. I look at people around me who are wicked continually, and they're prospering. Oh, but I know that God is watching over, and he's going to hold them accountable. He's going to call them to account for their wickedness, as all of us must appear before his Son, our Lord and Savior, at judgment. We're going to look a little further next time. But hopefully this is opening our eyes just as the psalmist had his eyes opened. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your love for us, and we thank you, Father, that you have promised us our eternal reward in heaven with you if we will just stick with it, live that righteous life before you according to your teachings, no matter what things may seem to be going on around us. You know You know your people, and you will reward us with eternal life. Help people to see this, Father, and help people to turn from their wickedness and to see that their only hope is really in you through Jesus Christ. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.